right. <laughs> We're live. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> That's how we start. What's up, boys? Can you oh. turn me up a little nice? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Check, check. There we go. Hey, yo. Check, check, check. Hey. You didn't use the table? No, no ta- table, no table, uh, man. Okay. We'll just keep it there for show. It's the empty Toba Chico table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the beverage table. All the disposables um. will end up there anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's, um, a, there's a new link. There's uh, a new link. If, if you're here, you got the new link. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. Guys, thank you for joining us. We're here with Kiefer Ian, Just Jerry, Kai, Jay Willie, here for the first ever Chicago Producers Roundtable with the Producer Podcast. Sponsored by Sapporo. Sponsored, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Dude, we should blur it. Fueled, yeah. fueled, we should blur fueled it. by hand Sapporo. Blur, hand blur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, what do we do? Yeah, we're just... Turn off the stream. Dude, yeah. <laughs> we're not ready. <laughs> we gotta out. figure he this wasn't out. ready. <laughs> log out, log back in. Uh, Turn it off and on again. Control F4. <laughs> um, no, today we're just gonna get down and dirty uh, mm. with with all these young cats over here. Mace uh, is going to be shepherding their us. minds. Yep, I'm going to be taking you guys through, guiding you through this experience. Um, got some fun <laughs> questions. Got a little icebreaker, you know, as we like to start off on the podcast, yeah. right? Everybody likes an icebreaker. Um, Jerry's asked you guys all, because you've been on this podcast before, what was your first concert? So now I want to ask you, at a show you've played... What was the worst experience that's happened at a show you've played? Oh, <laughs> I don't even. I think you've Kiefer has heard mine. I, I've heard many. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some wacky moments. Um, I'm trying to think. What's a really whack one? Really whack one. Uh, ASAP Ferg in Indianapolis. Yeah, you played with ASAP Ferg. Oh, are we talking about ones that we played or just like attended? This is like worst gig story, right? Worst, yeah, worst, yeah, gig worst yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah, let's go with gig story. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, sure. Uh, batter up. So, um, worst gig story. I was still going to Ball State. Um, I got offered to play at Evil Olive, and it was like Fight Club headlining. <laughs> They, I was gonna play the back room, what, whatever that shit was. Um, so you know, yay, gig in Chicago, let's go. So I drove up by myself four hours from Muncie, Indiana, because uh, that's where Ball State unfortunately is. And uh, yeah, drove all the way up and literally pulled up to the venue. Um, I was supposed to meet with the promoter. The promoter was, I think, at Spring Awakening when it used to be a Union Park. Correct me if I'm wrong. If that I was there was, for a couple years. Yeah. So then that tracks. Um, yeah. So pulled up to there uh, to the Evil Olive. Apparently, promoter was still there getting lit. Um, he was just like, yeah. Uh, I didn't find out my set times till I got there, and it was like you're gonna be playing 3:30 until five in the morning. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> cheese and rice. Okay. <laughs> Uh, you know, nerves for most of the night. I'm there at like nine o'clock, you know, all giddy. He's got to read the room, man. Yeah, I read the room. Uh, wow, Evil Olive was uh, quite the spot. So uh, to make it short, I waited around for like a good while, checked out some of the DJs. One of the opening DJs was like his branding was like a minion. Um, like a literal, like the yellow <laughs> like suspenders, Drew, the whole. Like, he wasn't dressed up, but like his logo was on the screen. It was just like minion clips. And I'm just like, yeah, we're out here. Suburban wine Facebook moms must have 
loved him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, three thir- like three a.m. rolls around. I get, I'm like, dude, where's the freaking promoter? Apparently, he blacked out at the festival, so he sent a text message and was like, nice. "Hey, I'm gonna, you're actually gonna be doing a back to back with another DJ." Um, Turns out it was uh, DJ Williamson, aka Nada. Shout out! Shout out! Um, oh, so that was the first time oh. I got to, yeah, lore. Um, I got to, <laughs> I got to meet him for the first time. So when it came time to uh, start our set at like three thirty, I think it was like, oh, I'm not gonna name drop. It was some DJs that were playing, and we get up there and we're like ready to go, sticks in hand. I'm like. <laughs> barely experienced on cdj's so i knew i was in for it and then like the dj playing was like hey promoter said it's my time to play right now oh it's 3 30 and i'm like God. me me and dj were like standing around we're like what do you mean this is it's our time and we that? showed the message and he's like go talk to the promoter i'm like he's not even here so who am i talking to and so eventually me and dj were just like well, at least we can. <laughs> We're here, and then like we hung out. I mean, I texted, uh, never got a response. So I was just like, "All right, well, I'm gonna leave." So like three, almost like four in the morning, um, I hit up my buddy who was still up. Thank goodness he lives in Pilsen. So I just like dipped out of there, never played. Um, but luckily, I got to meet DJ, and. Yeah, obviously I've like got to know him more and more down the road. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of a shiesty night because I was like, man, I'm gonna be opening up for Fight Club. They were in the main room, like going, I don't know, the screechy ass like like the jungle tear sound <laughs> back in the day. Like the, the, yeah, the, that kind of tra- era of trap where the yeah, carnage screech, the carnage screech ass <laughs> fucking trap. behaviors. Um, yeah, I so, got hearing damage from carnage screech. But like, <laughs> the I'm reason. <laughs> The reason, yeah, I would list that as, like, the worst experience. Number one, I didn't get to play. Number two, I drove all that way up there. Number three, I didn't get paid. Number four, uh, that was just kind of, like, the iceberg of, like, trying to work with that particular promoter. And now I don't. So I just do (laughs) my own thing. Name drop them now. No. Drop their handle. Put their handle in the chat. Yeah. I don't need to do that. They do that themselves. So now I have a wonderful group of friends and other people I've Ah, met in this city that, you know, can... treat me like a human being and it's it's nice for once snaps snaps there's my story let's let's move on oh man all right i'll go um i don't know i was just thinking about like my first gig and that was at the i don't i forget what it was called like the empty bottle or there's another bottle blonde bottle not the blonde bottle Bottled blonde. Bottled blonde. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was that. It's like on Lincoln and like it's next to this place called Left Coast. Anyway, um, I know where you're talking. You about. know what I'm talking I used about? To live right over there. Yeah, they just closed like right when I moved out of the neighborhood. I don't yeah. know what it's called though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was there, and I remember it was like my first gig, and a bunch of my friends were there, and I started out, and I missed my first transition, and I literally was just like guys I just fucked up I'm gonna restart and because it was because it was all of my friends I was just like Ugh. like it was fine you yeah. know what I mean and it was a great gig because I you know like played some songs like went out into the crowd was like dancing with my friends I don't even know if anyone else was there who wasn't my friend so it was kind of like we just had the basement to ourselves so it was a good gig but I did fuck up 
So I don't know if that really counts fully, but that's that's my story. If that's as bad as it's gotten, that's good. I don't think that there's been anything too catastrophic. But like, what's worse, not playing the gig or like screwing the gig up? When you're, I when think your story is substantially worse. I think it could have <laughs> that drive sucked. So yeah, like, I yeah. Think, <laughs> I think that that basically went as bad as it would have gone or could have. Formative gone. years. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn. All right. I'm next in this. Yeah. So this goes back to the the Kyle and Hobbs era, and actually pulls in like Agent O is involved in this. So I was playing oh, a show. Okay. Um, and I can't remember who was putting it on. It was like some DIY stuff. It was in a warehouse actually in Logan Square. And this was when I was working with like Carl Waxcraft like really heavily and we were doing our duo together. And we always brought CDJs everywhere because that's just what we were comfortable with. We loved like the XCJs. That was, that was our thing. And for whatever reason, I asked Carl to go out to the burbs and like pick them up for my parents. Like I wasn't able to like do the, like the backline stuff that day. And this is super random, but like my XTJs had been modded to have a different power cord on them. Cause Ooh. like I had them serviced. And so essentially oh. like this piece of the power adapter falls off in transit. We don't know where it is to this day. What? Get to the gig. <laughs> We've got one CDJ and a mixer and we're supposed to go on in like 20 minutes and like fuck. I, you know, David Agent has been like he's been doing his stuff for a long time and like we were going on before them and I really wanted to do a good job. And so we had to do this like reverse transfer of our record box songs onto someone's computer and play the gig on a controller on Serato and like we were just not expecting that at all. So I would say it's probably one of the worst showings I've done of Oof. just like, you know, planning on having like a mixer and CDJs and then being like, oh yeah, you're doing Serato. Like none of your tracks are gridded. Like you have to kind of just do this. And like our track listing and that stuff too, where like I wasn't a good enough DJ at the time to just do it on the fly. So I needed my like ordering and things like gridded the right way. And it's mm. like funny, just down the line, I asked David if he remembered that and he just is like, what are you talking about? Cause like <laughs> he like, no, no offense to him, but like I was out for a long time during COVID and I think a lot of people just forgot. And I was like, oh, do you remember this one night? And he's looking at me, he's like, oh, what? Like you're that guy? <laughs> oh. Damn. So how did the performance go? It wasn't good, man. It was, it, it was, was actually just, it was just horrible. Like I did a horrible job and I mean, that project's in the grave now. So, you know, it's maybe that was the death knell. Yeah. Maybe. Damn. Mixer with the, what essentially like a laptop freaking charger. I mean, dude, it was base. It was an XDJ that we had modded. Like imagine like a 12 volt, like one of those little plugs that like will plug into it's like the circular hole with the pin in the middle and like that adapter just it just fell off. And Carl oh was going God. to like guitar centers. He's like, "I got to find the right adapter for this." And like he, oh a very God. valiant effort, but in the end of the day, we had to do the reverse of planning on CDJs and then going to a controller, which I feel like you normally hear about the opposite. Like someone's not ready for the CDJs and getting hit with like the, oh yeah, you have to play on a DDJ. I was just not expecting that at all. Mm. Do no reverse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn. 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 Damn.
That's okay. Damn, Next time. Son. John, you got that something for us? Yeah, I actually, okay, so I have two that come to mind. So, Kai and Kiefer, you've heard the sabotage story. John, so can you move that mic just slightly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 get in cool. there. So. so, there's either the sabotage story, which is what I was originally going to tell, but I also thought of um, one that happened in college. I'll just call it the, the we bloody. We have many. It's we okay. have many. These are like the only real two, or there's the, the college bar bloody nose story. So what do you, should I tell the sabotage story because you know it, or do you guys want to hear the new Bloody one? Bloody nose because I haven't heard that one. It's just from the right. names, I don't remember. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so the bloody nose story. Uh, this is back in college. I was a controller DJ. I'm playing this bar called Pub America, and it's the kind of bar where like I'm lugging in my speakers every weekend. And um, <clears throat> I had two of my buddies, Pat and Adam. No, it was Pat and Mike. Adam did it sometimes, but they would be my security because this was on like a little raised corner, not really a stage, but a raised corner. Oh, and Jesus. being a college bar, requests were frequent, but I wanted to be a real DJ who didn't take requests. Um, and so their job basically is they would fend off requests all night and they would get to drink <laughs> for free. Pretty sweet deal. And so there's this, it was like a, maybe a, it was like a bar crawl or like a nursing school birthday party i don't know it was something along those lines <laughs> and so there's this girl who's like climbing up and there's like only like a foot uh between my table and the edge of this like three foot raised corner she's like asking for requests and i'm just like no and then she talked to the guys and they're like no she starts like trying to climb up and like grabbing the table and this is just some flimsy folding table she's about to yank all my shit down and these were speakers that had like i have like the giant amp up there there's my laptop like all this bullshit and so eventually, you know, I start telling the guys, I'm like, yo, can you like keep her away? They're like, yeah, we're trying. She get, tries to come up again one more time. This <laughs> It's like four or five times. I'm just, I just start ignoring her. Like I just stare at the Serato stare down at my laptop. I'm just like, I'm, I'm, done. Just, I'm done. The Serato stare. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys heard about the Serato stare? Never heard of that. This is, it's, it's so a nickname funny. I heard of if like when DJs just stare at oh, their Was that laptop. like the laptop eyes thing? Yeah. It's like, oh, look eyes. up at the crowd, bro. Yeah. It's yeah. like engage with the crowd. So I was oh, like, no, yeah. I'm going to intentionally Serato stare right now. So she thinks I'm just so focused that I can just ignore her and i look up at one point she's talking to pat and i look down and then i look up again and she is over the shoulder of this like six seven bouncer being carted out of the bar the door is right next to where i was there's like a divider and pat is holding his face blood is gushing oh, everywhere and i'm like man. what the fuck just happened <laughs> As I wish Pat were here to tell the story because again I was you know I was drinking on the job which is apparently only accept or uh, acceptable as a DJ but third person's an interesting <laughs> no it's story yeah so it's encouraged it, like, right yeah, yeah it's like you want uh, some drinks yeah exactly and my friend was the manager of the bar she would just get us slammed anyway um I believe as Pat would tell the story Pat if you're watching I get this wrong I'm so sorry but. <laughs> basically she comes up to him and he just sets a hard line he's like no request you need to leave him alone like she's almost yanking my shit off the table she grabs him by the collar headbutts him right Whoa. in the headbutts his ass right in the nose and immediate blood gushing everywhere oh and my God. so then pat turns and grabs the bouncer and the bouncer just yanks her that's you know, why tiny his nose little... kind of looks like that <laughs> <laughs> Pat. Pat, you have a beautiful. I'm nose. sorry, Pat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. John set me up. Jeez. Zing. Uh, but yeah, that's so. Nothing happened to me. Uh, in retrospect, it's kind of sorry for your pain, Pat, but a little bit fucking funny. Um, but it was my sheer confusion 
because I didn't see it happen. I just see my buddy is just gushing blood. Hell and then, no. so they get her out of there. I'm like, what the fuck Rough. just happened? Um, another funny part where I fucked up right after that is I had some remix of Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen. The whole crowd's, <laughs> whole crowd's looking at this situation. I'm trying to like divert their attention. Pat's got like a big glass of whiskey at this point, just trying to like collect himself. And it was a rip off YouTube and it just like, faded out and ended like halfway through the, the song oh, <laughs> so no. immediately after the bouncer causes a scene and this girl headbutts my friend the music goes completely dead for like 30 seconds i'm like oh my fuck because you're not thinking about the mix yeah i'm worried point. about my buddy bleeding all over the fucking stage like damn priorities just shifted so dramatically yeah it was a very wild like minute and a half what did she want to hear john yeah 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 exactly. i don't know yeah, i don't that's know that's the question i you know I, it had to be great yeah it had to be so good. I would like to think so. And then, like, four years later, I'm just out at a bar with Pat, and he goes, John, that's her. I'm like, what? Oh. <laughs> no. What? We hadn't been talking about you the story. We're just, like, hanging out, and he's just like, that's her. I'm like, who? And he's like, the girl who headbutted me. I'm like, I'm going to fight her right now. <laughs> I didn't, obviously. I'm totally kidding, but, yeah. And that's, uh... She, when you were describing it before, it sounded like Schmeagle just like trying to request a song. No, that's like, the funny part. Precious. She was this very cute little like five three blonde nursing student. Mm. And uh okay. she got hands though. But, yeah, she, <laughs> whomp, I keep almost flinging She's the headphones off head. when I do that. Yeah, she headed my buddy man. right in the wow. face. Yeah. Damn. That's something. Yeah. That's that's a pretty good story. <laughs> Thanks. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Keeper. It's keeper. Damn. Where where do we go from here, Mace? Oh, I um, love that song. I will probably just tell my story real quick. I probably oh, yeah. should have gone first because, like, I don't think I have anything that intense. Um, but uh, I was invited to play our dorms, like, prom, like our winter prom freshman year of college. And they put together this, like, whole big, um, like, setup in the lobby of our dorm, which was, I mean, like, a pretty sizable place. Um, I was super excited. I had never played like an open format event before. I was so used to playing like hard dance music and shit like that. So I'm like, okay, downloading all of this like pop music and hip hop, like curating my night. Like, okay, let's start it off with some like chill, but like upbeat stuff and kind of go into more of like the crowd pleasers and whatever. And it seemed like no matter how much prep I did, I didn't have the right tracks to like please that crowd, if, if you will. Uh, there were about 12 people there and they were all like dressed up in tuxes like way too like oh. nice for this like oh, freshman geez. year prom at like our dorm room uh, the the vibe was really uncomfortable I was playing like Gorgon City like I was getting down with it it was fun what year and, was this that you were playing Gorgon City uh, 2015 Mace is a selector uh, dude he yeah, knows so about it Gorgon like, it's like vocals and like you know you can sing along you can to dance. it it's, yeah. it's good Easily. dance music but yeah um, they come up so this one girl comes up and goes I think people will dance if you play the cha-cha slide and I'm like that's like a wedding song oh yeah. I know 100% she has yeah. a point though yeah I, I mean I, it's I will easy end. enough right. I can make this eight people <laughs> I can make eight people in like way overdressed garments like dance to this um, so I try and jerry rig it on my laptop. Basically, I have to close Tractor. I have to open Spotify and set up my like <laughs> controller as an interface. And I'm like, hold up, I got it. Like, I'll do this. I play the first cha cha slide that comes up because I didn't know the artist. Oh no! And it's some fucking random like Spanish song that is not the cha cha slide that everybody knows. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, 
whatever ended up happening um i basically packed up and left after that i'm like thank you guys that was my two hours like, i'm, I'm not out. getting paid for this so i'm just gonna go i will see you next time see you next time walked out of there with your tail between your legs literally it's but i mean it happens sometimes it happens to the best of us the right? wrong cha-cha slide the is formative years yeah, just like I guess I guess that, that was the one song I didn't get. So next was time. it like in Spanish? Like it was like slide to the east. No, it, it was just <laughs> completely different. I don't it was just, yeah, 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 yeah. Like uh, I don't. The I original don't must anything. not have been on Spotify because I like I played a couple different ones down the line. Just wasn't any of them. Damn. Um, yeah, it was bad. But it. shout out Briscoe. Shout out that prom. <laughs> Yo, it was, you know, out. it was something. Um, wow. Yeah. Good times. So, um, guys, I got a couple of questions here that I just kind of want to open it up. I want to hear <clears> your guys' thoughts. Now, I kind of formed these in uh, the mindset of somebody like me who, you know, struggles with my own issues with producing, right? So, like, everybody kind of goes through these ups and downs. And these are some things that I would love to hear other producers' perspectives on if you're in a creative rut, say. So, um, you know, workflow is kind of a big thing. Live 12 just got announced. Um, it seems like the biggest upgrades to that are going to be to your workflow and being able to come up with new ideas quickly and creatively. I kind of want to just hear about how you guys start a track, what the process is for like your workflow. Like, where do you go? Are you just fucking around and you start with something you like or what's what's kind of the process behind it? Yeah, for me there's like two ways that it happens one is i will just be kind of sample hunting and i'll just find something that just has a melody or a chord structure that i just absolutely love um i'll start extracting like the melody and the chords from that and it almost always gets turned into piano first and then i build around that the other thing that'll happen is i will just like hear something in the wild like i made this track last week i was watching tokyo ghoul and there's like this background Ooh. piano in season two episode three and because <laughs> i was like really getting into it and then this piano starts and i was like hold up and i like rewound and listened to it like three times pause immediately opened ableton and then made a song out Dude, of it. that's like those memes where it's like you're just playing something and then something happens and you're like i have to sample this yeah no that's exactly what it was and i didn't directly sample it i like kind of recreated it but in a different key but it's like same melodic structure it turned into its own thing but um yeah so it's either starting with a sample or like hearing something in the wild and like i think when you make music long enough you start to recognize when that spark is happening and you just got to capitalize on those moments like okay the inspiration's here like we got to run with it while it's here mm for sure how often do you get that just out of curiosity is that is that hitting you on a weekly basis on a monthly i mean are you just powering through 90 percent of the time and once in a while it just kind of clicks or so i think it's kind of like a muscle i've developed because there were times where that would happen like once every couple months and then over the summer it was happening like once a month and i was like whoa this is unusual you've been on a tear bro i have written 10 songs in the past two months wow completed wow and it's so that's why i say it's like a muscle that i built because i saw the frequency increase and then i had to take some time off because at a certain point you got to like live in this world too i noticed i was starting to recreate my own shit and i was like i wanted it to be fresh so like let's live life get some fresh inspiration but yeah i was getting to a point where i was I'm, i've been cranking out like a song in like a day or two like once a week or so 
for like two months. Wow. So I think it's a muscle to develop, which is why it starts with awareness of when that spark's hitting and then capitalize on it and you'll start to learn how to work with it and then you can do it more frequently. That's a good yeah. answer. Yeah. And how, how long have you been producing for just like? Um, I took an Ableton class in college in 2017 and then I didn't really do anything with it until 2020 when COVID hit. I uh, basically just spent most of COVID learning how to produce like seriously. So three-ish years of like serious production, but I've been a lifelong musician. So I think that kind of backs some of that up. For sure. Nice. Yeah. Keeper, you um, who wants to take it? <laughs> sure, I'll just sure. okay. Yeah, yeah. You go, Keith. Um, I guess more or less. Uh, I'll listen back on like tracks that I've saved. Uh, if there's like any like part of a song that really sticks to me, I'll like try to recreate it in my own light and then build around it. So I guess more or less when I walk into the DAW, um, I'm like starting. At least primarily, I'm starting with drums, um, and then like trying to at least get a bass kind of loop going, and then of course that's when I start layering. And sometimes I'll like literally import a project uh, or a song and try to like map the structure of it just so I can figure out a flow. Uh, but once I get to like a loop, uh, like for the drop, then I'll just kind of stick with it, keep building on top of it till it sounds right, and then at that point I'll then start. Uh, copy pasting and just have that bones there so that uh, really there's just less and less work that I need to do to build from the ground up and just have something there and then just like a basic intro a basic like outro a basic build just so you kind of have the structure first and then you go in or yeah yeah like I'll primarily I'll start off with just a loop really um, yeah and then flesh it out from there like there's times where I don't even write the intros until like the very last part mm um so that i'm not just like stuck on like making the build-ups because i i love making build-ups but like sometimes i just spend way too much damn time on it when i could like be structuring and fleshing the rest of the track out uh, but like the quick trick really is just like literally like taking a song putting it into the daw trying to like kind of match what i'm looking to build out of it whether if that's like a bass line that i'm like super glued to or if it's the actual drum swings that like i'm feeling and then build around it so like having at least a bass block kind of like shadowing it and then uh stretching it out as much as i can so it and then of course i'll have a night where i just make a song in one night and ten nine times out of ten those are like the songs that are like i fucking love this because like i just make it in like less than 24 hours well i was about to ask like when you have that loop going like do you feel like you could get a track going in maybe like two hours three hours just like good to go or how long would you say it's like um yeah so like i like if i'm really in the zone i'm like doing it in like a night and then like i'll spend like the rest of the week just like letting my ears chill living life breathing and then coming back to it doing a little bit of mixing tweaking here and there uh because yeah i waste a lot of time like trying to mix as i produce it's a horrible thing toxic as hell to like do that but like is it? Um, that's what I did. Interesting. Do. I didn't you think know that so? Yeah, I kind of do that <laughs> I too. I did a production class and it was like, yeah, like just focus on getting the idea out, getting it into the project and then uh, go back and then worry about your mixing from there. I agree with that. But at the same, my thing is like, I want to be excited by what I'm making and to do that, it needs to sound good to me while I'm it's making real. it. It's a fine line that's to so walk. Because yeah, like I'll just get like 
too mad that I'm like, it's not quite there. It's got to um, be like loud enough too. Like everyone talks about how you can't like put a limiter on the master. That's always. like what I learned from my like first kind of production teacher where he's like, keep the master as clean as possible. <clears throat> and I think that was great advice and great feedback for the time. But like now writing like louder music, having it closer to that target loudness level keeps me excited about it. And I just have to remember like, hey, there's a limiter on the master. Like, don't think this is finished yet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's real. Yeah. That's yeah. Real. Mind I games. <laughs> I was just going to say, I just produce podcasts now. Um, <laughs> 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 no, I mean... I don't know, man. For me, like every time I work on something, it's kind of a different process. Like sometimes I'll get, I'll be in a phase where I'm like super into samples and then that'll drive the track. Like I'll be just like chopping up samples, um, mostly making like hip hop with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do kind of start with chords and then. Cause that's like the hard part. I try to get the hard part out of the way cause I'm not good with like the music theory exactly, but I know what I like. And then once I get all the notes in place, then it's like, all right, let's fuck around some synthesizers, like change the sound. Um, and then drums and I don't know, man, I'd get really into risers and like buildups too. So mm. it can, I can get sucked into that sound design. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of just like you just for me, I just go off that one thing that excites me and then just and I agree with the speed thing where it's like let's just like capitalize on this cuz I'm going to get sick of this. So as long as I don't get sick of it too quick, that's when it's good. It's real, man. I feel like I'm just like echoing what y'all have said, but like yeah. definitely hunting for samples or like for me too, like hunting on my sound design sessions in my library of like oh, this was a really cool like bass riff or a hook I made. And then like the first session is like, get the hook where it needs to be. And that's maybe depending on the record is like, if you write a good hook and a good variation, that's like 75% of the record and everything else is just like kind of the fine tuning from there. So like the 75% is what I can do really quickly. And then everything else of like the, the B section or like all the little additional like micro editing things, those are what take the longest. And like that can take anywhere from a month even. And like when we were making boost together, it was like, we wrote that hook basically the first night we were doing it, but it wasn't until we had some time away from it that we like dragged those vocals in from an old project. That pickup session was insane because yeah. I remember we were like, okay, we got something. Let's let's go back to it, and we came back to it. I think we actually found the vocals uh, later because we were like, something's missing. But like, let's. It was like on. ten minutes before you came over for like the third session, and I was just like, oh, let's hear how these would sound. Yeah, and it was just like. I like that. I remember you guys played me the like original. And yeah, I remember like sans you, vocals. You were like too close to it, and you were like, "I don't know, man. This is cool, but I don't really know what to do with it." And then you guys really developed it into like what it was. It's like this downside of keeping your projects and like keeping everything forever, because like I have all my old aliases on my computer somewhere, it like deep in a hard drive, and like sometimes there'll be a flash of like, "Oh, I want to go back to that one particular thing on that day." And I waste so much time trying to find that. <laughs> but like, I always let myself because it's like, yeah, you know, why not? Right. Like if you thought about it and you remembered vocals from a project in like four years ago, then there's probably something like that's calling you. For sure. Yeah, I feel that. I don't do that that often. <laughs> I don't go back 
Cause like once it's lost its luster, I'm just like, yeah, I'm out. I'm too like ADD. I'm like, eh, next. I feel Which, like I don't know if that's good, but maybe yeah. things can get their luster like like after the fact though, where like yeah, you, you just kind of like try stuff out again yeah. and kind of see what it would like with fresh ears or something. I always tell myself like if I was more organized with the shit that I've made and like resampled the stuff, I would be a better producer. Really? But I just I sit down and i'm just like oh i'm gonna make this like mm -hmm. and yeah i think there's something real to that too though where like you know revisiting a project like i keep all of my projects forever which you know pain on my hard drive but <laughs> yeah. uh yeah. like going back to them when i've developed my skill set more like i've done that a little bit recently where i you know now that i'm at this point like and that's part of where i've been cranking out these tunes in like a few hours per session like a session or two and they're done i'm like okay I'm good enough with my tools now that I can execute what I'm hearing in my head. So then I go back to these things where I'm like, the idea was there, but I could not execute at that level that I was hearing the idea in my head. And then, first of all, it's kind of a fucking pain to work around all the bullshit I was doing as a beginning producer. Looking at your old chains, you're like, why was I yeah. doing it like oh this? Oh my yeah. gosh, <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah. that's why I don't go back, because I'm like, this is a headache. This is like a puzzle Dude, that I don't want to wrap my head around. Like the song that I just put out with Xmedius last week, is a song that I love and I thought I was a good producer when I started it which was like almost two years ago and trying to get that mix down where it needed to be what like the shit I had built on it was so dense I couldn't just like dismantle it I probably should have honestly but I tried to work within it and around it and did like five times as much work and dude that's what I, I was talking about this today with a friend like you build this ecosystem and then you're like wait a minute i can't fuck with that yeah like if i mess with that everything's gonna like the compression's gonna be off and then it's yep. gonna, not gonna sound the same yep. so it can be tough it's real yeah to go back in in the daw absolutely <laughs> no i that's i was good answers there guys like um I don't know. I feel like revisiting old projects is always good. And that's something I kind of do where it's like once you start an idea, if you kind of keep it around in your recent folders, like I just kind of open it up every now and then and just be like, what was I cooking up here? Like, what was the thought process behind it back in like 2016 when I thought I invented breakbeats? <laughs> like literally, like I put like a like a one two step on like uh, um at like 124 and I'm like oh my god this is a whole new genre like this I just sweats. fucking created this <laughs> <Yeah. Genre unlocked. laughs> went back to it I'm like oh, CLB, CLB got to got to it first so Yo, we got out. some people in the we got a shout out Tokyo Ghoul back in yeah let's uh, go yeah hell yeah that's uh, Alexis lately we got Geo in here Ayo what's hey. up Geo hey. what up Alexis what's what up Geo we already shouted out Johnny, but thank you for being the real OG. Hell yeah. I mean, the kid. I'm sorry. The kid, yeah. <laughs> the kid. Don't name drop like that. Yeah. Um, all right. So y'all have kind of gone down an arc, and we have some old tracks from everybody. Yes. Before, <laughs> before yes. we get into this, before we get into this, I want to hear a little bit about how you guys have ended up to the sound that you have today. Um, kind of where you started and just, just the overall I'm grabbing arc. a beer. Does anybody need a beer? Um, and all right. I, I can toss you one from over here i mean i'm in the station all right all right we're live i didn't want to i didn't want to mess you up i could pass it toss me you'll have to toss me there you go um Thank you, yeah sir. and uh 
I just, yeah, I kind of want to hear how you guys started, how you go about finding your sound and like lore. Yeah, lore. Some lore. world building. Um, world building. World building. <laughs> I'll kind of pop us off here first. So um, I started off with hearing dubstep and UKF. That's probably where I first me like, too got yeah, same. Got Every started time with all this. I always talk about this. I'm just like, you know, like the UKF days, and people are like, yeah, it's like the I blue know. speaker on yeah. YouTube. I reference it so much. Like, I, I was on Fire Zed remix. <laughs> yeah, yes. dude, I love that white satin. Oh, um, yeah, UKF kind of I feel like molded a lot of people for our age group um, in the YouTube era. But um, as I was kind of listening to that, uh, I went to my like third or fourth concert ever, which was Flostradamus at. Oof the metro nice and that's when i got my first uh ableton live light that came with my midi controller <laughs> and um i started making trap music so that's probably where things kind of started martin garrix came out it kind of morphed into big room and then it kind of went into some progressive house like um maybe like your hardwell or your avici kind of kind of vibes right um morphing into kind of some pretty light style chill trap a little bit of chill drum and bass some hip-hop beats and then i just kind of went all over the fucking place for about four years in college i would moon baton i did more trap i thought i discovered uh breaks and i didn't um, <laughs> i was really disappointed about that i try i went for only like was, 50 years after the amen break, dude so. yeah there was this like milo and otis like twerk type music oh, that i got milo. into for a hot second and ultimately like you know i kept coming back to house i feel like you know throughout all the years i was making some form of house and techno not so much techno but house music and that's kind of where i'm sitting at now but also still just fucking around trying to find something that sounds good but i'll open it up guys whoever wants to like yeah i want to hear from you ukg no i'm sorry <laughs> well like i feel like a lot of garage producers in general typically have like a hip-hop background um so yeah my formative years and starting producing in like high school uh definitely was like a lot i was producing a lot of like hip-hop kind of stuff uh making beats like that just getting really crazy with it um yeah so like i was definitely like influenced a lot by like a track um with his production styles and of course, I saw him uh, DJ for Kanye uh, for the Glow in the Dark tour, and I was like, this is like the perfect embodiment of like what I want to do. Like I want to produce, I want to DJ, and, but like A-Track uh, just does that so cohesively, even to this very day. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I was like in weird internet circles, like uh, post MySpace, like doing Tumblr shit, like in the vaporwave sphere. So like a lot of my stuff was just like super, super out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, it's just like doing hip hop taught me a lot about like groove and working with that. Uh, I've always been kind of a househead in that space and coming back to it and always going back and forth with hip hop. Um, and even when I was doing more future bass, which was like popping off like 2012, 2014, like really early. And especially with how Tumblr was like pushing that heavy. Um, I had like a blog and had a lot of followers. Dude, what was your blog? It was called Bro Wave. Bro Wave. Bro Wave. I don't know if we talked about this. I had a Tumblr blog and it was all about music and it was called The Best. Like D A. Oh, that's Best. sick. Yeah. But it was the same. Like Tumblr was a fun time. Tumblr was cool. Like before it got 
really cracked out. Like it, um, yeah. There was Before just it a- just became porn, you know. It might there's worse, man. Didn't they take away the porn? Yeah, they got rid of it. Yeah, they, they did. They yeah. Got that was like the big that thing was my that favorite part. Everyone off, man. It was like the, when Yahoo bought it. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Yahoo was like nay, <laughs> like none of that. Tis tis. But yeah, no. I mean, more or less, just like I was producing for rappers. I was DJing hip hop shows. I was doing basement shit in like Indianapolis, breaking floors, uh, Sick. being at shootouts, like. Yeah, those are my formative years, and then like I more and more got into the dance music side of things as I was going through high school, and uh, it really stuck with me. It like became an earworm, and then like I found my community on the internet, and then really the pandemic uh, solidified like where those intersections meet, and that was garage music. And at that point, it was more of like putting a mirror to my face and being like, "Oh shit!" Like I've honestly been into this for a long time, and I didn't even know it. Um, until I was like with that community on like discord, like for the new KG discord. Um, and yeah, that's what kind of led me to be garage pilled now and garage pilled. (laughs) 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 Now I won't shut the hell up. So there's a new KG discord. Yeah, dude. I didn't even know about this. Yeah. I don't remember who exactly started it, but like conducta was in, is in there. Jemmy was in there. Um, yeah, just like all the big people, the people that are big now, they were just like, like posting up in there. And like, I've met a lot of like my close international people from there. And yeah, uh, now, now it's just kind of like, I can't escape this. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I get out, they pull me back. It's like, (laughs) wake up garage, go to sleep garage, eat, sleep garage. Yeah. It's like that meme where can't it's, own a home, live in a garage, you know. <laughs> it's like that meme, uh, the the Interstellar meme, where he's like me discovering music production. He's like, no, yeah, <laughs> banging on no! the bookshelf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't do that, dude. I I had a weird journey through all this stuff, man. Like, there was a Halloween party, and I. At the time, I kind of had a crush on the girl who was having the party. And I was Ooh. like, I want to DJ. And I knew my cousin DJed. Oh. And he was into, like, Aussie hardcore, if anybody out there knows oh DJ Kotz and DJ Ravine. So, like, <sighs> I got put on to all that, like, you know, 170, like... And I think without knowing it, I probably heard a bunch of the rave and, like, classic samples that, like, I'm searching for now and stuff, like, in those in those happy hardcore records. And then... It was kind of like like everyone's talking about like with the ukf stuff like all of the classic like youtube core dubstep at the time when it was first happening and i think the house influence really came from like learning how to dj traditionally and like taking some lessons like from someone in the city who showed me what house music was and like i was aware of house i had found kind of like like deep house as i knew it and stuff who was your mentor it was brian boncher who does stuff with true music and he's like a really really good dj just like career dj is doing a dj dj in carl's wedding actually oh oh wow this summer so that kind of got me pushed on like the house train and then i would say through till i I mean it's really even hard to look back and say like because mace has known me for a long time man like what would you say the sound was even like pre-kyle that it was pushing for you know you always had omni going so it was always kind of this deep atmospheric melodic like it was techno for a little while and it was yeah yeah the pandemic was like what really was the inflection point of 
a lot of things like the old label kind of like collapsing at the time and just like deciding I was like okay I want to focus on myself again and my and my sound and so like that was when Kyle plus Hobbs like stopped and then I was like okay let's go back and focus on on Kai again and I think that's kind of when the desire to do like breakbeat style stuff and also kind of returning to like the roots of listening to rinse fm and stuff too like i know that sounds like a cop-out but like freshman year of college i remember just listening to like dusky and fomo mixes too or like the dusky essential mix and i was like whatever this is i want more of and i want to learn how to make this one day why is that a cop-out i feel like it's it's that stuff is all like back around again now and i hate to be the person who was like i was listening to it way back when but like if it's true it's true man like i had yeah. all those like rinse like rips. if you were born yeah. in the 90s and like in the 90s <laughs> shit is hot it's like you can't help but be like i fuck with aqua i don't know like i don't know <laughs> like you know what i mean i maybe i'm being a little self-critical but like just listening to the 2013 like rinse where it was like shadow child marcus nasty dusky like all those guys in weekly rotation doing mixes was like what set me off on the course that i'm on now but it took me seven plus years to like come back around to it mm. and that yeah. is so it's like a weird loop shout out shadow child yeah that shadow makes, child absolute absolute goat it makes sense though yeah that's how it is cyclical it's super cyclical like sounds come back around all the time like now like the slower dub stuff is is fun again that, that was yeah insane. like yep. the, the old school <laughs> ukf stuff that yeah. was like that hyper dub shit that i was listening to that was like this is weird like I, it was too advanced at the time but now it's coming back and i'm like this is cool it's like we yeah, went no. so much like further past it and so much harder like trying to like jump the shark like every yeah. time and now everyone's like ah oh, maybe you just need a sub i do feel like yeah. if i showed myself the shit that i listen to now when i was a kid i'd be like nah yeah i don't think <laughs> i would have like, gotten nah. it yeah yeah see anyway. i think i would believe it so because like my journey through music has been um, a little different than a lot of producers because like way 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 before I even listened to electronic music and even further before I started making it um, like I was classically trained I was playing trumpet I was learning guitar I was in a rock band in high school I did vocals not all that good but I did them and so like I spent years writing music that was you know very fallout boy a day to remember like I was listening oh, to a day to remember oh Let's yeah go. oh dude yeah paramore like uh, Mayday Parade um, like I, I was a very like punk pop metalcore kid growing up and then you know UKF days Skrillex caught my attention I made exactly one beat on my brother's MacBook in GarageBand that I called Dubstep and it's out there that's the one you, I was talking you said it was on YouTube right it's out there I kind of wish I had uh, well I'm sure we'll get to it but I kind of wish that's one I had turned into you guys we still could but um, we could play it off pod maybe yeah sure yeah. I'll, I'll show it to you we'll guys off pod yeah. uh, but um then in college, I had a roommate who showed me electronic music, and I started listening to, and these names sound very obvious now, but this is like 2014 when these guys had like, not, I, I'm going to take it out of your book. I am going to be that guy for no, a second. No, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. Let's be that guy. I, I was that guy. I am that guy. No, I wasn't gatekeeping. I showed anyone who would <laughs> fucking listen, and they were like, what the fuck is this? I'm sure but we I, all like, were being that person to yeah. like the yeah. room, and they're just like, okay. To this, the room, yes. Yeah. 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 They're like, so playing. to literally make my point, I was trying to play Elenium at frat parties before Elenium had more than a few thousand plays on a song. And... So there, there was something about like the future bass, melodic dubstep, and this. So in that same vein, you had like OG Seven Lions, OG Midas, um, RL Grime Midas. was in his very melodic trap era. 
Arm and Hammer was just hitting the scene hard. Um, mm. You know, you had all these guys. And so there was something about that, just like, I think a similar theme between like the punk pop metalcore and like the melodic dubstep is like a very, a little bit angsty, like very emotional, very intense element. And so I started making Future Bass when I started, you know, making, like producing music. Um, and it felt natural from like the punk pop writing days. The reality is I wanted to make more like dubstep stuff, but my skill set just wasn't there. So I did the half that I could do, which was the saw stacks. And as I got better at producing, um, part of this was the pandemic. There's only so much like dubstep of any form, even melodic that you can listen to when you're stuck in your house for months on end. I got really into progressive house, like not like the Avicii, like a lesso progressive house, like Deza, like, you know, the, the very like all, it, now it'd be called melodic techno. I think there's a fine line between the two. I digress. Um, so I started making a little more house. As my skill set developed, I started exploring more genres, and now I'm fucking all over the place. Um, like, especially in the past couple, like what I've released this year and what I made in the past couple months, I've made Garage for the first time. I made Techno this year. I made Liquid Drum and Bass. I made like this screechy roller drum and bass. I've made kind of some 140. Like I used to think the dubstep and my melodic dubstep would be like the very like classic 2017. I hate the name Bro Step, but that genre basically. And now it's like 140, but in 150, like I'm literally all over the place. I've made the chill prog house. I've made bass house. I've made complexer. I've made a little all of it, but I think at the core, if I'm remembering the question you initially asked before, <laughs> is, is uh, I, it's still the melodic dubstep for me. And that's kind of like, I've learned a good system is, and this might be a good jumping off point is exploring other genres that I'm not used to like trance, for example. Um, I started making some trance and I realized that the hi-hat pattern is completely different than what I was used to. And then I realized that was part of what gave Seven Lines music its sauce in the melodic dubstep form. He uses a lot of trance elements. Um. And when I started putting trance hi-hats in my melodic dubstep, it like that was some of the sauce. So I will go explore in a few other genres and I'll come back to melodic dubstep, which I think is like the core Jay Willie sound these days. And like I get better at the core by branching out. Mm. Wow. That's, yeah, that's that great. was profound. And yes, that's a great jumping off point. I mean, obviously we all listen and have listened to a lot of fucking dance music the last like 10 years we've been doing this. Right. Um, but what do you guys, where do you guys take inspiration from? Is there some, you know, interesting places? For example, like I just downloaded the MIDI to a country song to like find out how this guitar solo like works with tension and release because I just found it so like emotional for me and I just wanted to dissect it a little bit and find out what was going on with this country song that made it so like oh like fuck yeah and it wasn't like trucks and beer it was more like emotional like you know his dog died and his mom got ran over by a train and you know that kind of crashed thing. my truck Dang, and yeah. musically my yeah. musically yeah. 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 yeah yeah so rough I didn't get to go. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Hello. You know that? No, I'm sorry. It just reminded me of... If, have you guys ever seen The Emperor's New Groove? Oh, yeah. Great of course. Yes. There's this part when they all get turned into animals and the guy's just like, uh, I got turned into a cow. Can I go home now? <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, you can go home. Um. Anyway, yeah. UK... I'll just quickly go yeah, through it. Yeah, let's hear the arc. Can, yeah. Um, 
UKF, dude, fucking Mount Eden dubstep. Oh, yeah. My, my, yeah. My, yeah. my friend's older brother was like, yo, you gotta check this shit out. I'm like, okay. Sierra uh, Leone? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow, exactly. I haven't heard that name in so long. Yeah, Woo. I can hear it. And and, yeah, and what you were saying, and you were saying that you were playing like Elenium at like I feel like we were all the people that were, were playing tracks and our friends were listening to like the radio and we were like, yo. I would get kicked off Ox at parties so they could yeah. play country music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's real. I tried to play a, a Dabs and Borges song at a party once. <laughs> and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I, I was definitely thrown out of the party for sure. Yeah, but you're like, you would like this in the right circumstance. Like, It wasn't the right circumstance yeah. at the time, but they would go on to probably like it. Yeah, this just brought up a lot of things. Like I, I don't know. I I like listened to dubstep. I was that guy who would like get Ox in the car. Like my one friend Maury would be like, "Yo, play something weird." Like he would look to me to just play some weird experimental shit. And then I got into music production. Bought a pair of Tenoy like five inch speakers. Got my focus right. Was producing. I always say this, I didn't even know what a chord was, so I was like, oh, wow. I was like playing around the push, which is not a traditional way to learn chords at all. So yeah, just do this and it makes sounds. It's cool. Wait, that's actually so interesting that you learned how to like do hand positions for chords, not on a piano. No, and then I had to go back because I was like, this is, I don't, I still don't understand this fully. Um, but yeah, I was making a lot of like future bass and like trap um before i even got into the music production the whole like tumblr blog era dude i remember i was posting shit and like would post stuff with a link to like the converted thing so you could download it like i would post a track and be like yo this is a cool track and then i would add a link to it that had the conversion like soundcloud converter so you could just download already pre-filled out wow. man yeah, yeah. yeah. like that's like, how you get a download level. you do the hard work Dude, for them <laughs> i did the work for them i remember i i i was so green and fresh on this shit that like i remember i uploaded a song from git or from uh, daft punk's random access memory to my soundcloud with a free download like dude they were gonna they were gonna put me in jail i didn't even know i didn't even know what i was doing i was like well music should be free blah 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 dude crazy yeah wild and i still have a mark on my soundcloud oh you still have a strike from it i have a strike from it yeah oh wow what's the difference between getting a strike on your soundcloud because like i'll make bootlegs and i'll try and like i store everything in my soundcloud as private i have like 400 tracks on there and occasionally they'll be like, oh, we can tell this is so-and-so, and they'll take it down. Is that a strike? That uh, is a strike. I there used to be, like, a, a three-strike I, I have, like, 20-plus right? strikes, if oh, that's the really? case. Yeah, I think it's, like, a three-strike type I system. have two, and I'm scared if I, like, do something else, I'm like, fuck boy shit, they're going to just take me down. Maybe it's because they've always been private for me. It's never been a public upload that they've taken down. I think that, that yeah, that's, like, a factor. Mace, we it. need the SoundCloud okay. EULA right now, dude. We <laughs> yeah. need the terms no, and conditions. I got, like, I got <laughs> fucked on the uh, My Humps remix, the, the Jersey oh. remix me and Carl made. Do you remember the, that? Yeah, dude? a couple of those got taken down yeah. from Ion. Oh, and the the thanks for the memories flip yeah. dude that one was hot. but like oh, we oh, I need but at that. least you guys flipped it I just Ooh. uploaded yeah <laughs> that's just straight up pirate straight pirate dude yeah pirate and you didn't get a strike for just like one to one the exact same thing dude I mean they were not happy it like got taken some like Robin so Hood quick. mentality like yeah. I do have a Robin Hood mentality I've kind of always felt like I mean 
I don't know. Everything's like you can just stream everything now, so you don't really have to do that. But back in the day, I really wanted people to have the music and have access to it. And uh, I feel like that's something Pretty Lights did because he just gave out all his music for free. And yeah. I don't know. There were very few people that did that. Like mm-hmm. U two, fuck U two for putting that album on my iPod. That was like opposite oh piracy my God. Yeah, versus piracy. Was, <laughs> Dude, yeah. I don't want this. No, that's a home invasion. It's like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the anecdote of like you break into people's houses, but you leave something every time. You never take anything. You just leave stuff. Who that's the what, hell yeah. let U two uh, play the sphere though? Like the fact that they're one of the best selling bands in the world. Dude, if I see another audio venue. swapped reel of someone putting subtronics <laughs> at the sphere or someone who's not played there. Like there's so many like edits of like an anima song at the sphere, and I'm oh, like, yeah, just guy. like let for him, wait for him to play it. Yeah, because like, they probably will. Yeah, they it will. Will yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like God, love us. They just opened it. <laughs> Chill out. Are they the only band that's played there like so far? I, Fish just booked like a four or five night deal there, dang. and I only found out because someone tweeted they're like. I don't know who Fish is, and oh, now I'm too Inspector. afraid to ask. That, like, <laughs> dude, that, that discourse. discourse was insane. <laughs> Inspect? What is it? I'm not aware. Fish? A fish? No, 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 not oh. Fish. Inspector. It's just another another DJ. The Shout homie, out. the, the oh, homie Drake oh, from Philly. Gotcha. That might have been on Philly the burner account. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, dude, the sphere. We gotta go. We gotta make the pilgrimage at some point. I'm here. down. Damn. Um. But yeah, okay, just to finish this up, like I, I've been producing music for like 10 years, but I started with like trap, I would like make house songs, I also was into house and then have like a trap section. I was like, it's gotta have that section. I've done that before. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> the halftime switch up. Oh, that's um, my signature move. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's still good if you can do it right. Um but yeah i made a bunch of stuff like that um haven't had any like proper album releases just like singles and eps but and then i started doing the podcast and that's kind of been the thing i've been doing it for like five years now i took a long break during covid and uh Producer. Producer. <laughs> I heard that vocal sample man <laughs> it's still alive it's still alive i could probably get a better one but sometimes you just got to go with what the what it is what people know sonic branding is sonic branding i just remember true, in like true. college listening to like when you interviewed blake like way back scouring yeah i never interviewed blake. or was it uh, maybe it was valentine i'm trying to remember it was like somewhere in that like, someone like the sound the sound of sleep homies like yeah like, some that, of yeah. Don that in them yeah definitely yeah, yeah. jake don't I, th- I definitely, definitely ellipses shout out ellipses congrats on newly being engaged oh hey, yeah congrats. big dope yeah big dub big dub (laughs) i won um all right anyway may sorry i didn't want want to be that guy guys i'm curious because we're about to put on some uh some old tracks from everybody uh we're gonna play a little game okay are people gonna recognize the track that you sent me are 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 people gonna be able to pin it to you are we are we doing this within our own circle as well like we don't we don't know. We you don't guys know. Have, I know. You guys have never I made know. a track no, that but, I submitted. But you guys don't know. You only know your track, so try not to give it away. I wish Post I was faces up, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even bob your head to shit. No. Um, Damn. Good job, everybody. That was a good experiment. That was, yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was fun, fun to listen to everybody's old tracks. I mean, really, that was. we've all clearly 
gone through it. We all have <laughs> this chat we all thing. Have what is PTSD? chat thing? I was gonna say we've 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 come a long um, way, but honestly, some of those early tracks were really cool. Like you, Chad, yeah. Chad yeah. just said fire. That was <laughs> yeah. the last one. Thank you, Stephen Allen. That was like the one track I have that isn't like very clearly melodic bass that I don't think I've shown anyone. I would I would like to hear you make your own version of that now. I kind of want to. Yeah. Well, I went back on I was like, wait, this 128 to 140 like the is saw, the hot. like saw bass in there, like I'm assuming it was probably pretty dry. Oh, there was nothing on but it. But it, it's kind of hard, right? Yeah. No, it, it was Kiefer, you said it right. That justice vibe like Yeah, like I that gave me definitely some justice vibes how they have those like gritty ass fucking Once faces. you get Diva John, just yeah. just mm. boot it back up. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Dude, I I was so sure that you were Mace and Mace was you. I'm so glad that confused That threw me you. off too, man. Like, I those, was looking at my list. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad, no, I'm glad the mystery was kind of there for everybody. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was good. As jankily as that was put together, I'd been talking about this for like months. I'd be like, John, like, dude, I want to do this thing where it's a live stream and we guess each other's songs. You were like, telling me at RL Grime, I think. Yeah, we were like, like tequila sodas like, in hand. I was like, like John! <laughs> in the pit of R.L. Grime. Just like after we spilled the tequila Bro, soda on ourselves. Yeah. R.L. Grime was lit. I didn't oh really God, yeah. debrief you guys afterwards, but I was like, I was going ham at oh, R.L. Grime. Yeah. It was so Dude, R.L. Grime was so good. I'm oh so happy God. I went to that. Like, yeah. I appreciate Kiefer and John for just being like, Kai, you're coming. Stop bitching about it. Like, <laughs> I literally got in the group chat. I'm like, guys, we're going to R.L. Grime tonight. I showed up and I saw uh, Max, I think. For, no, I it saw you me, first. By the I saw you yeah. first. And then you were like, oh, they're over there. I was like, what? I didn't even Dude, know you, you guys were going to Dude, you beat me back to the... You got to the squad before I I was did. cruising. Yeah. Yeah, I was like <laughs> a fish in that crowd. just Or a snake. And then I saw Max, shout out CLB, and then, yeah, great, yeah, great show. That really. was a solid The night. new RL show just shows why, like, he's the king of, yeah. like, what he does and, like, staying. Like, I don't want to, I'd kind of ridden him off a little bit. Really? And then I just hadn't been keeping up with it. And then his, like, mix promoting the new tour. Dude, the mix was crazy. Dude, the mix I was, was insane. Like, this is RL yeah. going deep. The Halloween one. No, the, no. the did play mix, one. the yeah. play oh. mix where he was like rinsing the UKG and stuff on there. It was like, wait, okay, he just went back. Like, yeah, you know, like a homie's music yeah. on there. I was like, what the fuck? Well, and did like, you see Arnold he just Grime? dropped it? Like most of the shit he played in that show, not the mix, maybe the mix. I haven't listened to it, but at the live show, most of the shit that wasn't on play was a live edit or it didn't make the cut for play and he just dropped like a cache of like all this unreleased music like this week or last oh, week. Yeah, wait, yeah. I heard about that. I haven't listened to it yet, but apparently like that blew my mind real because I was like, okay, he's pulling from Sable Valley, obviously, uh -huh. or like, you know, the dude no SoundCloud, he's probably digging, but no, that was like a lot of his shit. Damn. Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah, I don't know, man. He's just figured out that like breaks section. Like, I was noticing I was getting the most hype during the breaks Like, section. the bridges, dude, where yeah. he would, like... The bridges the bridges. Oh, my God. Some of those bridges, too, where he, like, was pulling in. The one that really sticks in my mind is, like, the right here, right now bridge with, like, the mm. acid in it, too. I was yeah. like, okay, mm. this is just, like... I was like, this man Take it back home, man. In, yeah. He's so going, tapped in. Like, I never expected, like, Trap R.L. Grime, you know, fucking... Uh, to be it, ripping hard techno for half his set. Yeah, yeah like, that wow. and then just like delivering the like big RL moments that maybe like internally we'd all 
John, I know you love melodic stuff still, but like yeah. I hear some of those classics and I'm like, it's a great song, but I kind of sigh just a little bit. I'm like, we've moved on from here, but oh, like the, the Nova era, for some reason, I never tapped in. Yeah. Oh man, that's I, when I was, was the that mo- your tapped in. That's era? like the core, was, yeah. core and stuff, right? Like, well, so yeah. core, no, that was a uh, what. What album was that? Because Nova's like Nova's after. Yeah, after. Okay, that was okay. I want to know. Oh. That's when I was like, like I want to know was like peak. For me, that was like peak college DJing where I could finally get people to start listening to electronic at parties and they loved I Wanna Know. So I'm like, cool. I'm playing lots random, of random random tangent here, but I started I Wanna Know Flip for the remix competition with hey. ellipsis. Yo, I need Ooh. to hear that. It's I sent it to the the chat, dude, with us. We oh, lit, you did. It was, it's you did. the worst thing in the you entire <laughs> world. As but in like, the best. <laughs> at the time, Jake and I and Carl were like, Oh yeah, this is sick. This is gonna win the competition. And mm. then we didn't finish it. <laughs> Dude, I was that guy at RL Grime holding up my phone. I had Core on screen, the album art, and I was like, please, please. As, as if he wasn't going to play that at I know, some point. but I was thinking maybe he won't. Dude, I went to go see Paul Oakenfold. He didn't play Starry-Eyed Surprise. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes they just I, like, appreciate someone who's like, no, I'm not going to play it just from, like, a... I'm gonna do what I want. Perspective. Eric Prid's calling me. Yeah, that, <laughs> and, and then the fact that like when he came back around and played it though with like all the bridges and stuff, I was just even more psyched for it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He did do like a a little switch up. Little, little good job of delivering it uh-huh. at the like right he moment. He pointed at me, and I was like, "Yes, it's me." <laughs> It's like yes, but I clearly I think he pointed at me. He was just like this fucking guy. Like yeah. I was being annoying. <laughs> Did you he guys... hasn't listened to RL Grimes since 2014, and now he's at my show in 2023. Did you guys ever do like little funny skits on any of your early projects? Like, no. like videos. Like skits? if you made like an album or an EP, you put like a little skit in there to like an audio skit or oh, like yeah, a... like you just make like a I don't know some bullshit like some 40 second interlude yeah i put in i put in like random samples and stuff keith but like that was like the tag that gave it away in that track like i had a dog barking as a snare once is it possible we can run like this 30 second skit from that same album i played my song from oh my god is it on youtube it's it's on Bandcamp. so like if you just backlink it but the story behind this uh skit it's 30 seconds so you know, this if is we my get moment. demonetized, I don't even care. It's fun. <laughs> nah, <laughs> but like care. the story is one of our friends that here in Chicago, we uh, I like I was close with. He uh, we all went like smoking one night, and like he got caught by his parents, um, and like I guess his friend's parents was like super pissed at him. So like this was the voicemail that was left, and That's I put hilarious. it. I put it onto my project uh, called Hella. Um, but it's called... Which one is it? It's oh, called... Free the Trap. Free hashtag trap. Free Trap, the motherfucking marijuana skit. Oh, my God. <laughs> this... No one is yeah. available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Raul, this is... Mama, stay the fuck away <laughs> from the truck. You understand? I don't know what the fuck your parents allow you to do, but I don't allow you to smoke no motherfucking marijuana. Understand me? You know, if you're the worst motherfucking friend, I can even lie to have it. Stay the fuck away from my son. And if you come back around, I'm gonna call the police on you. Now you tell your parents stop. Bruh. Sounds like a Frank Ocean. <laughs> oh, <no way. laughs> what is that from originally? That makes that voicemail. Yeah. Oh, 
Uh, yeah, no, they homeboy's mom like fucking called him and was like, "Stay the fuck away from my son. Ain't smoking no motherfucking marijuana." <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. How old was this son? Was he like? 16? I think we were like. Ah, damn, I don't. I think we were like in our early, like early, early twenties. Okay. Yeah, because this was when I was just like seeing friends up here. I didn't obviously officially live up here, but it was because of that weekend and that voicemail happened. And boy, yeah, he's not in uh, any situations anymore. But man, <laughs> his mom was not happy. <laughs> what What was the music on that record? Uh, the track that I I contributed, so that was one of them. Oh, oh. There was, dude. It's like fucking almost like. 17. Wait, do you have like a vaporwave album that I need to look at? Several. Really? Several. Several. Like several. Shop shxps.bandcamp.com. Like, were that's... you a big like Blake uh, Blank Banshee? You know Blank Banshee? Yeah. Um. I was really into like Macintosh Plus. But oh, like, shout yeah. out, dude. Yeah. Dude, I, yeah. That album cover is so iconic. But there was like this weird break off from that where people were like taking FL Studio ass beats and just like I was part of that and we were just like had blogs where we were just reposting gifs and images and shit that was inspirational to the sound and then we put our music in between and people were like, oh damn, and like bumping <laughs> it from there. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. Word. Interesting. I'm like uncovering things about Kiefer that I didn't know. I'm like, oh, there's some. There's a, yeah, it goes deep. More. <laughs> I was making like albums. I wasn't like dropping tracks. I'd like put a project together, put a bunch of fucking tracks on it, even they were dog shit. Like, whatever. Like, it, it, it lives and existed for the period I, it did. I, I'm like an exclusive album guy at this point like i i hate singles they bother me it's too much to keep up with and i know the the release schedule like it makes sense like homies singles okay i can keep up with that but i like putting on an album and just letting it ride i'm getting I, to that point in my life i agree with that and especially like i was saying i've been on this tear lately with writing all this music and i want to start putting it into bodies of work but Martin Garrix had this theory and this is why he only releases singles and he's like even if I do an EP some track will get forgotten and that's why he does only singles and like it's a it's definitely more upkeep for the artist and I never considered it until you just said it but it's more upkeep for the listener too like you might miss a single and like yeah you can always go back but I won't put out an album until I have a bigger audience that I know wants an album like specifically because even though I prefer to listen to whole albums I would hate to put out a whole body of work and someone gets three tracks and I'm like, no, but you really need to hear track four, mm. five, and six. And yeah. You know what I mean? That's real. No, I, I, I feel it. It's and a like, lost thing for sure. Like, yeah. just like, I don't know. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. Um, but I mean, that was kind of the double-edged sword to it is like, when you do an album, you don't put as much effort into one single track. Like, but that's kind of the beauty of it. Like, it was just like, that was there and that's what it was. And we just kept moving forward with it and putting cohesive projects and, uh, I, don't well, know. I think cool. you did it at a time where it was easier to get discovered and people would listen to a whole Vapor album. Wave 2 is also just like, I mean, slowing down tracks, like kind of... Yeah, it's conducive. Like the plagiarism is really yeah. baked into like yeah. a super procedural approach, right? And like, that's why I feel like it's when stuff was simpler, like we were younger, we're like, oh yeah, I'm going to take all these songs I like and then I can just like run them through this process that I have in my head and it's like, oh yeah, the end result is cool. 
yeah. slowed in a yeah. And that's a song. You just step fuck away the from copyright, it, fuck drop the all it, that. and just be like, yeah, yeah. Um, fuck it. Hope you like it. Yeah. <laughs> that's real. I'm also going to take a bathroom break. Get in there. Get in there. Everybody out it's here. Punk. Punk. <laughs> there was something else I was thinking about during... Oh, yeah, and it was like uh, an album. Like, you can... Re- you can rely heavily on the track order where it might not be the best track ever but because it came after this and it just like fit the vibe as a transition you can't really do interludes as like a single and that's not not necessarily interludes but just yeah maybe like a full track but it's just the way that the album rocks I don't know. You know what I mean? No, I, I do. I do. That. Yeah. There's like things where it's like maybe not the track you come back to the album for, but like it's there and you like it and it like keeps the yeah. whole thing moving. When it's happening in a sequence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm saying this, I have not released an album, but I would, I would like to do You've a longer put out some piece. like longer bodies of work too. I feel like with some of your beats too, or maybe it's just like a big Dude. playlist. It, I think it I mean that's the other thing that you know like Spotify does nicely for you like if someone's single goes off and you just push play on their top track it'll go like down their most played tracks and that's kind of a good playlist also mm-hmm. you know dude while we've been talking about this I've been thinking and this was something I was thinking about before is actually on the like idea board is like when do I, and maybe in lieu of an album I do the like 100% Kai mix of like everything that's been out thus far in the kind of new iteration and then like some ids and some forthcoming stuff and Mm. it seems like there's more of an appetite for that maybe because it's like the time frame is the same right like a a good soundcloud mix like i'm thinking of like the mph one or a bunch of people do like a hundred percent mixes where it's like just all them it's like the same as an album right it's an hour but like there seems to be like more appetite for like a really good mix in our really good curating yeah yeah good curating and just good tracks from yourself rather than like the process that goes into an album because like taking myself out of the of the kind of like community to work on an album is like the scary part of like not doing anything for like a year other than focusing on this album maybe you let yourself have one single from it but like that's Mm. it well and i think to your point i think that's effective in electronic music because typically a dj set is not all of your own music even though the the time frame is the same as an album so i think for a variety of reasons when an artist says here is an all jay willie mix for example like that's appealing because it's like first of all it's like oh damn okay you have that kind of catalog now especially if you can go in your back catalog and your ids and you're not even using the whole discography but also like to use myself as an example if you come to a jay willie set you hear a lot of jay willie music but you hear so much other shit from the homies from the bigger names like flips all of it so when you put out like here and i think this also lends itself to like year showcases like i think i'm gonna do like a 2024 showcase mix that's all me Ooh. Mm. um I don't know if it'll be all IDs or not, but I remember there was, who the fuck was it? This was 20, the 2018, uh, snaps. Anyone remember snaps? I do. Snaps. I do. He snaps. actually played a porn yeah. and chicken. Like did he fucking really? Yeah. They brought I'm him out here, it. man. That's the only time I was like trap? him and Fabian Mazur, dude. Yeah. It was yeah. like the melodic trap. It was oh, kind Fabian of Arl grimy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and he had this 2018 showcase mix that he dropped in like December going into 2018. And it was like, 40 minutes and it would be like minute and a half to two minute clips of his upcoming releases that year 
and I thought it was so fucking sick. And I listened to it over and over because, first of all, I couldn't listen to the music anywhere else. Second of all, I knew it was all him, so I was just very curious. Yeah. And, yeah, so I, to your point, Kai, like, I just think that's a really sick way to present music in long form as a DJ. What if you, like, and I don't know how they go about doing these mixes, but, like, in Ableton, you could go into each project, bounce out the stems, like, of the drums, Ooh. the chords, the melodies, blah, blah, blah. I've and wanted then, to do that, but it sounds like so much it. fucking work. But what if the final product of it was just, like, bro, this guy's next level? And the story behind it. And, like, I don't know. Like, it maybe it's it sounds like a lot of work, but what if it really was the, the work level? would be worth it, man. If you could just like do that on a push or something with like some limited, like yeah. DJ controls and you just kind of like, you knew where the tempos were and you just sort of like, I guess I'm just describing an Ableton live set, but maybe you just like, yeah. you just say, Hey, I'm going to do like, you know, the four standard, like split stems of every record and you get right. them all to that point. And then you just try to like play through it a couple of different times, a couple of different days, and then you pick the best one. I think it would be cool. And then you could also, I mean, obviously throw in some stuff that isn't in the actual release to make it fresh. Like, I don't know. I've always wanted to do that, but you're right. The work is daunting. You're like, oh boy, at this My point, I'm is, sick of these songs. Like now I got to <laughs> mix them. The thing is for me, it's not the, just the amount of work. It's like one, I put in how many hours creating the track, but also... I think it's twofold. One is I'm just kind of set my ways. Like if I'm DJing, I have this workflow. If I'm producing, I have this workflow. Something in my brain mixing those just feels like I'd be overcomplicating it when I've already kind of defined my workflows for me personally. Mm. The second thing is quite frankly, just not being in the, this might make me sound like a fucking old head, but not being in the golden age of SoundCloud where like putting out a mix, it's going to get listened to. Not everyone will like it necessarily, but it'll get, the listens yeah because the thing that i think is most important to me with putting out a body of work is like you know if you like it you like it and that's great i you know and i hope you do but i just want to get it in front of people mm. it, and yeah. so i this might be <laughs> i might be sounding a little jaded here but it's like okay if i put in all these hours on creating the track and then i'm going to complicate my own workflow to do an ableton live stem mix and then if it doesn't get pushed by the almighty algorithm mm. right that's yeah. kind of my yeah. thing not Algor to talk down on it like no. it's, it's a sick idea but yeah. i'm just thinking if i were to do it myself that's well, the thing that i don't that's so different than making music 10 years ago is we really do have to like fight against algorithms to be heard when it was just like fucking there was like no sponsorships there was no like putting advertisers in the priority it was just like let's fucking let it free flow let that community fucking do its thing especially tumblr no ads whatsoever and then when yahoo bought it it was like it started to get regulated heavily then it was algorithm based and then there was like picking what we think you like versus what you follow and just taking it in for when they could put the output there <laughs> Cause I mean, especially when I was doing like albums and EPs and projects and stuff, I did it on my own term. But now it's like, I have to coordinate fucking singles. I have to coordinate every fucking move when it was just like, I could throw it up and put a week lead time on it or like a two week lead time or I don't know. It, it, it's definitely a much different beast. And I think regardless of how you, much you plan it beforehand, there really isn't like a way to like guarantee that you'll be safe 
I, I get what you're saying though where like you drop something on soundcloud and people be like yo you hear that new katra or i'm something? gonna be a soundcloud like, apologist even like last i would say my releases this year like soundcloud has been consistent for me and facts. yeah it's it's something where i've i felt that way for a long time where i was like remembering the old days of soundcloud like in high school you know circa 20 2012 like 2013 soundcloud and like yo mace can i get a beer sorry all of that all that <laughs> stuff you. man where it was Thank like you know there'd be one like an account with one track and it's a mix that has 100k and you're just like it's a good mix like yes. the guy got 100k he, he deserved it like you know he didn't bot it because there's no profile picture like there's nothing associated with it other than Let's this see. one mix that's really good yeah and i think i think they've recognized their like position in all the other streaming platforms and their i don't know man i i feel like you just have to kind of give it time and like consistently post on SoundCloud. But like the mix thing to your point, John, like it's so it's a different beast based upon how long it is too, right? Where it's like you might get people to listen to the first 10 minutes and then it's like every single comment is like, you know, yep. on the left half of the track, yep. right? That's real. I mean, you could save that for a live set. Also you do YouTube too, I guess. But like yeah. when you start, when you have to think about starting on a new platform or like even the thought process keeper of like bringing your audience, that's like to obviously a different like, one. yeah, it yeah. just is yeah. like, it's so much more to think about now because Especially with like rebranding and moving into yeah. new genres that you're like feeling closer with. Like, yeah. Going from like my previous alias of shops and doing wait what is it shops yeah like shops like you're going to the store you're Correct. going to shops the dead malls dude that feels shout out, dan, <laughs> shout out dan bell dead dude, mall walkthroughs that wait that's a thing Deep oh cut. yo yo that was for keeper dude i i watched so many of those dan bell videos like you're walking through a mall with like vaporwave music in the background yeah like dude he did Bro. the mall like or someone a similar channel did the mall in my like hometown too really and i was like yeah, I did like one of the Cincinnati malls that's like abandoned, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" I used to go there as a kid. Do they have to get access, or do they just? Do oh, it? I mean, no, it's it's they're def- still open. Like, some for of, most of them, yeah, some oh, of them open. were like mid death, like, and he would talk about that a lot about it. It's like, oh, this one is set to be decommissioned. All that's here is the J.C. Penny, and like, I used to watch that stuff to like fall asleep after Bro. third shift, and it was so relaxing yeah. of just hearing him talk about it. Yo, I don't want to interrupt here, but we had a question in the chat of oh. what's the difference between an ep and an album oh yeah i think it's just like ep is extended play and then lp which is like that album is long play so like extended is like longer than a single but long play is like this is an extent like you're really listening like to this for under like four five years. is an ep right and then an album usually is like, yeah i would agree yeah. It, it, i'm not gonna lie it kind of it grinds my gears when i see someone drop an eight track ep i'm like no you dropped an album just call it an album. At that point, yeah, that's a unless the songs are like short as yeah, shit. Yeah, as long as well, like the, one minute. I'm not even yeah. gonna name drop the artist because he's one of my all time favorites. But he did a debut album sometime in the past. We'll say two years to leave it vague. And I was like, no, he's dropped albums before. And I looked back. I'm like, yeah, he's got like four or five releases of like five to seven tracks. Like at least one of these has to be an album, even if it's a short album. And they were all labeled as EPs. And mm-hmm. It, that's kind of the also the weird thing is I've seen bands, mostly bands, not producers and DJs, drop albums that are like six tracks long. Like this is an album. Like yeah, we're a young band. This is an early production, but it is an album. And then you'll see a, you know, other musicians of varying genres and formats be like, no, this seven track is an EP. 
I, I feel like EP really like is not as cohesive. So the album is going to be more of a cohesion. You're you have a point. You have a beginning and an end to it. That kind of mm. makes sense. So I agree with that. That, oh. that would be my my best guess. Whereas an EP is like I got six tracks that are pretty much done, kind of in the same. This vibe. is like a conglomeration yeah. of like my ideas over the past two months right. or something like that. Exactly. Or, yeah. See, I yeah. kind of have like I. On the one hand, I agree with that perspective, but like, for me, I want them to be very cohesive. Like the cabin trip, which was kind of the prime example of like I'm whipping out tracks in like a few hours. I'm gonna do a two-track EP of those because oh. they sound, even though they're different genres, they sound like they're John, the same they're tone. They're not supposed to know your me- next move. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> John's kind move of in like, silence. Move in right. silence. Move in John. silence like lasagna. <laughs> I ain't got no G's in my name, boy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but my point being is like I like when an EP is very cohesive because um, I like to listen to it all in order and you should do it with albums too I think but like I I don't know I like it to be cohesive I think four tracks is a sweet spot for an EP I think eight pl- eight to depending on the, the musician I think eight's the minimum for an album I like 11 or 12 I've seen some as long as 18 I don't listen to all 18 unless it's like my favorite band though that's pushing. 18's it. a lot. Dance it all depends that on. I was like, bro, like. Yeah. Depends on the track length too. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you put together like a 25 track lo-fi beat album where it's like each track is like two minutes, maybe. Yeah. All right, cool. I'll just let that ride. Yeah, whole different ball game. It, yeah, it just depends. But what do you guys think is, is like just two singles? A controversial point. I'm two, just I'm just really. I have I have an EP it. that's two tracks. That's how I, I I think about it. Like if it's a two track EP, like we could call it a two track, but like it's it's two singles, and you like really want them to sound consistent and homogenous, but it's it's just two singles. Dude, I think it's just fun. I don't disagree. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't either. I mean, yeah, A side, B side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's I I wish there was another classification where it's like an A B single and then you have an you have a single, an A B single, and then an E P. Because that's what I think a two track really is. Well, so this is the other thing too, is like you go on I don't know what you distributor you guys use, but I use DistroKid and it's like yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just like EP or album. I don't think there's many options in there. There's Am single I, EP and album. Single EP album. Yeah. But there's not like... There's nothing else, now. Yeah. I mean, there could be so many classifications. It's yeah. like kind of strange that we have... We just start these, calling them a Tui. A Tui? A Tui? <laughs> a Tui. <laughs> Off Tui. Like you're spitting. <laughs> I was thinking Tui Road, which is like a Chicago a. reference. A. So random. Yeah, I don't know. I was also thinking about this, like when uh, we you know, this is something me and Mace talk about, which is like with the with the mix that you were talking about, like doing too much there with the mix. Like, there's things in life where you could do them, and there's things that you should be doing. You know what I mean? And like maybe mixing together all the stems of your album is just way overkill. Well, and that's not what know. that's not what I was trying to say. I think what I was trying to get at, I think that's a, an awesome idea as a project if you as a musician, not necessarily you specifically, but also, yeah, if you are like creatively driven to that, again, that spark I was talking about earlier, if that's where your spark is, work with it because you want to build that muscle and train mm-hmm. that muscle. Yeah. So if that's, that's where you're feeling pushed, do it. Yeah. I think my point is more in today's 
online environment to get it listened to be prepared that there's going to be other work you have to do on the other end of creating the mix to get it into people's ears there's a lot more there's a lot more and i think my thing is i'm just trying personally when i look at my creative workflow i'm trying to look at um just maximizing my time and efficiency so that's just i mean and you work a day job yeah 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 Yeah. only so much time man Yeah. yeah yep that's real. And I even as you build understand. that spark muscle, if that's, that's kind of what I'm now. saying, though, where it's like there's things like for the podcast, like this is one of those things where it's like a should we do it? I'm not sure. I don't think yet. should exists in art. No, there's my hot take. Should I, does not I, exist. in art. I'll just say this. I'm enjoying this. I could do this fucking every day of the week. Yeah. You know, so like in that sense, yes, I feel like it's a we should we definitely should do this again but yeah there are just things where it's like we have the opportunity to do it but the other thing too that like comes to mind is that like with this idea of the spark like there's things i've done that i've gone way too too much on and like it i think people don't know it but it's like harder to connect with something like if something is simpler and it flows quickly people hear that and it's reflected in the idea Mm -hmm. and like this old track comes to mind like i did a a silly edit of gta party up and just (laughs) put it up on soundcloud like it wasn't really mixer mastered well like for the time even even like looking back i was thinking like eh, then it's all right and then i look back on it the other day and it's got like you know like way more plays than i thought it did and it's even someone dropped it in a mix like two years ago and i'm like why did you play this but it was just simple and effective and people like that and people like maybe they couldn't put their finger on it but like they kind of know yeah yeah yep that's real that's real mace yeah we, we haven't heard from you for a bit i was what just letting we? the yeah how you doing over there mace i'm doing a good job if you guys are just going off and i don't need to cut in you know We're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's what else we got on the uh the docket? i just got a wrap-up question when you guys are ready yeah what time is it i mean it's it's almost nine so yeah. i feel like actually it's probably going a good about time. two hours now so wait right. really yeah yeah, yeah that we've flew been by. chatting for a fucking minute flew the yeah. fuck by <laughs> we had some sections yeah, it was probably it was an cool. EP worth cool of uh, yeah <laughs> of podcast. <laughs> I'm trying to put out a podcast album. I got a two E <laughs> podcast. Yeah, yeah, we got a two E. The two E would be like the you know the Patreon section of yeah. the podcast would be like the B section, but we're not doing so that. the unedited. If we yeah. ever yeah. do a Patreon, what we're gonna do is turn off most of the lights and do like an after dark and that's when we that's when you get like the real hot no takes. more Sapporo shots of Malort only yeah. Yo, the secret start I would love to behaviors. just <laughs> green man do we want to do we want to let the unindoctrinated know about green man I think what we is should yeah. alright I'm gonna it? explain this do you have a pair of um, dice we can just show them green, oh. green noise <laughs> green noise is related to green man I'm already two Sapporos in we're not doing that yeah you gotta drive Exactly. So, um, it was a drinking game that my friends from back in Indy introduced me to, but essentially, I mean, the quick short of it, it's like Kings, but you do it with dice. Um, but there's a lot of wacky and fun rules to get you drunk real quick (laughs) and it will get you there very quick. But the premise, the main standpoint of to why the game is called technically three man because every time you roll a three, you become the three man, which means every time a three is rolled in the game, 
Uh, you have to take a drink, usually a three-second pull, because yeah, you can't take a quick sip. You gotta. Everyone else taste counts for you too, so and it gets really And if you play brutal. with Kiefer, he doesn't count like one Mississippi. He goes one, two, and I'm over here trying to like show mercy. It's not like, a Mississippi. One, it's like two. The, it's the Panama Canal for Kiefer. <laughs> <laughs> While it's blocked. So of course. <laughs> Purgatory, of course, isn't forever, so you can, uh, you know, get yourself out of the game by rolling a three yourself, and then you can unlock and then pass it to whoever rolls a three. But yes, there's many other fun rules you can get. You kind of make the rules up, too, uh-huh. as you're playing with uh-huh. people, where it kind of, like, as Kiefer kind of explained it to us the first time, like, there's a fair amount of, like, wiggle room that you get to sort of decide as you're playing it, and then, like, if it's over the course of a weekend or... A co- For example, if you and all your friends are up in a cabin in the wilderness with three cases of light beer and nothing else to do... um yeah, we ended up coming up with our own rules for it. And I will say, like, when me and my friends played it, we had people, like, puking up foam. Okay, well, you're mean to each other in that <laughs> game. Like, <laughs> We got pretty mean. We got, we got pretty yeah, mean to each other. With the hot chip. Yeah, so yeah. If, you rolled, if you rolled a snake eyes, Kai and his girlfriend had, like, this absolutely... <laughs> Brutally hot. Brutally hot. Probably the hottest salsa. thing. It was oh my god. The, the worst part is the flavor was so good that I wanted to actually eat it, but then it just punched you in the face. So you had to do hot chip. My rule that I introduce is if you drop the dice, you have to sit on the floor wherever the dice landed and finish your drink. And then Kai opened a cut water instead of a light beer. And <laughs> it's late into the night. We're hours into the game. He just starts saying green man instead of three man. And we're all just like, yeah. Yeah, it's Green Man. So now it's Green Man. The Hat yeah. Man came oh, out. Oh, yeah. Dude, it was probably as demonic as I've ever been. And I, I like, remember this. And I'm I'm trying to keep it together. Like, you know, because, like, the cut water. You, you crack in the it. Becca's like, that's a cut water. You're like, I didn't oops. notice until I got back to the table that it was not a can of light beer in my hand, but, like, you, a 14%. We cracked it, and we all looked over, and we're like, that's not a fucking beer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's much more. And then I need natty lights in the fridge. And the man goes like, for a 7% margarita. <laughs> just zoned out, man. And then I'm like, all right, what the hell are we playing? Are we playing green man. And then I just, just like, we're like, yes, we are. <laughs> now we are. Now we are. Now we are. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Dude. Up the ante, up the ante. Fuck it. Why not? So green noise is green just noise related. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm working on something where you have a lot of audio files and you want to give them names, you know, just just to be very vague about it. But I was asking the the boys what uh, this like horror. This it's just like a white noise sample. But I'm like, give me some ideas here. Like I want to be fun with it. I feel like when presets have like a fun name or a sample as a stupid name, like I might not even notice it when I drag it in. But like later, I'll get a chuckle out of that. Mm. And I would want to give people that, so green noise was suggested. And hell yeah, it's supposed to be like brown noise or pink noise, but it's green noise. No, dude, dude it's a different filter set. Yeah, like, dude. It. <laughs> well, also, I've been seeing on my Instagram for like sleep noise. It's like, have you heard of green noise? And it's just this like imagery of green like. Green. I've seen that ad. You know green what I'm talking noise? about? Yeah, I've seen it's that like a ad. calm. No, a it's calm real app. It yeah, actually, it is. yeah, it actually is a nice color of noise and like honestly next time if we if we do this again we should have a guess the noise section is amazing. it amazing <laughs> amazing brown noise because there's like actually like 10 or so there's like infinite noises you could make your own filter and be like this is 
fucking turquoise noise. Fuchsia noise. Fuchsia yeah. noise. <laughs> Dude, I feel like pink noise and probably pink noise are just like your standard like analog circuit noise are my favorite i love yep. pink noise yeah. love the hum pink. the hum <laughs> the hum dude yeah man that would be a fun section we gotta write that down mace for yeah. next time that'd i like be, that that'd be cool um fuck there was something else there but i i don't know we should rap that's what we were gonna sure say. yeah <laughs> mace what was your uh, your rap question we got our Do wrap we up a question rap? i got a wrap up question mace got a rap. all right uh i just want to hear from you guys um what are your hopes for the scene the industry for the coming year we're about at the end of 2023 what do you guys want to see for our industry our scene in 2024 that's a big question man it is yeah one thing i've seen that i want to see continue is um the local scene has fortunately gotten away from kind of the same circle of the same DJs playing every show, um, even where the genres don't necessarily align. Um, I've seen a huge introduction of newer artists across all genres. And I think this might be artists who are maturing, who started during COVID, as a lot of people did. They got their first DAW, they got their first controller, and now we're a few years past that. And I think the ones who've really had a passion and that was their introduction are maturing and they're getting into the scene. There's a really nice wave of new talent, good talent. So I want to see that continue to progress. Um, I think we've got a, a really good new class of artists like playing around Chicago. So I want to see more of that. I didn't even think about that fully. Like the class that got into it during COVID. Yeah. Like, yep. the, like I picked up a guitar during COVID just to fuck around and mm -hmm. learn a little bit. So many people probably picked up music production. That's such an obvious thing but i don't know why until you said that and now that they're maturing it's like yeah oh yeah they're probably getting good yeah i mean we're we're coming up on three years since so like yeah which is fucking crazy to think about gonna have a quick existential crisis but <laughs> yeah don't mind me but yeah so i i want to see more of that um i'm seeing a lot more multi-genre stuff happening with artists especially within the bass realm um with house i'm still not seeing it as much but maybe that just is indicative and native to house as a culture um but within bass genres i'm seeing a lot a lot of multi-genre aspects coming out of all sorts of artists regardless of where they sprouted from in the bass scene which as a multi-genre artist i love to see that it's encouraging to me um I th those are probably the two big things that i i'm starting to see that i want to see more of yeah i think uh for me for sure and just how even moving up here um and this is really not even just chicago but just like everywhere is like definitely want to see like and it's already happening not to say that it's not um but like just fucking people getting into the djing and just throwing shows themselves and just not necessarily having to conform and just do their own thing keep pushing it and really, um, it just keeps pushing new ideas into that whole marketplace, really, overall. I mean, just watching years of, like, promoters get burnt out, get sick of things, and normally that happens is because they just don't normally branch out. They get too comfortable, too stagnant. Um, but, like, that can be really combated if there's just more of it. And especially with how things are getting priced out, um, even with travel, uh, things like that, um, more or less just promoters and smaller shows and venues just keep happening. Like I mean, my, me, myself, I, I, I did promotions for shows, uh, back when I was in college and, 
It's not easy. Sure as shit, it's not easy. But damn it, we did something that really helped inspire people to like do their own things. Whether if that was hosting shows, uh, but get into production, like it, it, like a lot of electronic music. I feel like, especially uh, post COVID, people want to see that in real life now. Truthfully. And once they see that on a smaller scale that's obtainable to them, regardless of price, um, I mean, it, it's it's inspiration. It gets people motivated. It shows that there is something for them. Um, and especially, as, like, during COVID, like, it was like, I don't really know where I'm at. I don't know who I fit in with. So I went to the internet. And, like, now there's just, like, I realize I can put something, like, of my own and bring that culture uh, to where I'm at. But like it, ha- it needs to happen everywhere. It needs to keep. Yeah, happening. like you brought like UKG. I mean, not not to say that Kiefer brought UKG to Chicago, but in my world, I brought it he back. Did. If anything, <laughs> um, like just the importance of it because it got so stagnated, not just in Chicago, but like a lot of scenes either were like you're either with this, you're either with that, and it's like okay, where do I fit? And quite frankly, when I was in India, it was like uh, I either like suck it up and get in the basin or suck it up and be just house artists and it's like i don't quite frankly just pocket myself uh, but not to make it on me but like i see like lots of like shit here in chicago where it's like multi-genre there's different new artists that can have a platform and really start something and I think more yeah, of that. Yeah, shout out Super Schmooze. Super Schmooze. And also Lake Effect. Lake Effect. I was going to say, effect, what, ex, what you were explaining where it's like, get a generator, get a speaker, and just plop up and And it doesn't have to DJing. be some crazy, more renegades, please. Planned, more renegades, yeah. More renegades. Uh, you know, starting ideas at local bars. Uh, not even bars, but just fucking post up at parks. I don't know. Anything really, and just keep throwing that out there, not feeling like... It has to be so calculated. Again, like I was referencing, is like so much of what we do as musicians, we have to calculate so that we can get heard. But at that point, if everybody's making enough noise, there's enough to bounce off of, and it really does inspire people to move That's forward real as and fuck. feel confident. That is real. Kiefer's like fucking preaching. Nah, you just yeah. fucking spit right yeah, there because it, real. it takes it from being an echo chamber to projecting off each other in different directions. That's and what like, I'm thankful about with this shit. podcast, bro. And like right. this extended network of people. Yeah, we're doing that yeah. right here in the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's... I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> I mean, no, like, I've been enjoying it, uh, man. Yeah, no, I, you're spitting. I'm just gonna like echo here, but like keep for for the scene and and for producers like this next year. I just want everybody to keep going and like keep making things their own. Like what you know, Kiefer was saying too, where it's like it doesn't have to be the club events that you're seeing on like YouTube or TikTok or, or social media, but like you can do your own thing with it and make it yours too. And like you know, like Relativity uh, Jack and like Lake Effect Crew, like they made that their own and. It's just that was some of like the best times from this this year summer. We're just going to those parties. I second that. Yeah, Yeah, like and it was it was something where if you were just evaluating it on like okay, no lasers, no fog machines, but like all that stuff is kind of superfluous and like just getting a bunch of people together at the lake on like in the middle of the day too, as we're getting a little older 
and it's like we don't want to be out till like five in the morning sometimes we want to have some like a darty believe it or not yeah it was crazy it was like, i have been enjoying darties is it darty when the, you're like a yeah, little darty, during yes. the day you're just like and there's enough right. time to you like smash a pizza and you're in come bed down by like yeah 10. yeah oh it's not bad it's kind of nice you know the next day though you know what the real seller is like the next day you're like I don't feel as shitty yeah I don't know you just got a little bit more hangover in your in your sleep too but But it's also nice to have the option if you want to fucking be out until 5am you could use it as a pregame like all all for sure some of those parties a little pill no I'd be like all right, 2pm at lake effect I'm gonna be chilling tonight suddenly it's 9pm I'm getting ready to go to radius I, I mean, it happens. It, it, but again, <laughs> it I think it comes down to like just having those options, making it your own too, making like, it your own, and yeah. also yeah. not feeling. I think that's another thing too. Moving to Chicago from Indy was like, I felt fucking guilty because I was like, there's so much happening, and I can't be at all of it. The FOMO is extremely fucking, especially real when you're friends with everybody. Yeah, and like, I don't even mean that at a surface level. Like, you in your heart want to be there, but that's yeah. so them. tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That that's so tight that there's so much happening. It's that the, like, as you would say, the catch 184 or <laughs> the, the blink 182. Or some shit. I don't know. The catch 182 of it all is, but no, like you're right. Like it's awesome that our community, like for the people who are really passionate about it, like I'm friends with these musicians and I genuinely want to go see them play and support their set and hype them up. But at the same time, there will be nights where, and while it can be fun to hop from venue to venue to venue, that can also be exhausting because it can be happening three or four nights a week, and it takes like, a toll, man. It's unsustainable at a certain point, so it's a yeah. you got to choose your battles. But you got to choose your battles. But at yeah. least yeah. you can choose your battles. Yeah, at least you're not sitting there twiddling your thumbs like, hmm. Because pre-COVID, a- it didn't used oh. to be like that, man. No, not as it much. really no. wasn't. Well, that might be an effect of like maturation effect, where like all of us have had projects that have been true. just Very chilling. True. Yeah. Well, like in indie shit, it was like so like, oh, you're with them. You're not with us. It's like, can I have, can I pick? Can I like have a night where I'm, I'm not gonna pick a talent tree? Like, if it, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh my god, only this, self, isn't Elden, this is yeah. not an Elden Ring build. You don't yeah. have to pick it, one class to max. Like, it's like once yeah. you get that clicky shit in your scene, it's just like so. Um, yeah, it's just not good. It's really not. Just so imagine you play NSW like no lake effect. Like, sorry, like yeah. Oh my like, god, most, if it was like that. Not intentionally. Crazy. Like, don't don't clip that out of context here because those they're friends and they're all good people, but like. Just the thought of saying that is insane. No, like yeah. your your horde versus alliance. <laughs> yeah. Like but there's so back much- to yeah, the yeah. skill tree. Yeah. I mean, like I that's one thing I've really loved about getting closer with you guys and you guys is like, I mean, my melodic bass ass showing up at NSW shows. I probably wouldn't have known about them initially, and like. Like Everyone's- vice versa, going to like shit at Soundbar that I was like, I don't really know, and then I'm like, oh fuck, this is a vibe. Like yeah. It's all about just like tapping in, seeing what's there. And putting and, the politics of it all aside and realizing like local talent's local talent. People are passionate and crushing it. Absolutely. And soon enough, they're not going to be locals they're anymore. Not. I, I've like, been watching some of my friends move on to the next realm, which makes me so fucking proud as a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Who's, uh, who's going to pop in 2024? Out of the local scene? Yeah. This room. 
this room. Well, I was gonna say like, fucking a lot CLB more people other than this for room. real. Okay, buddies, Ultra Twenty Twenty Four. Oh my dude, that's ultra. the super group. That's like that's after when we're all sufficiently like gray beard yeah. in the scene. Gray beard. We just yeah. like we oh come god. back around and do the ultra send. Yeah. Oh my god. On, on real vinyl onlys and shit. Oh my Christ. god. Back to selling dub plates only on seven inches. I mean, only if I get we to that might point, be going back. A melodic bass on vinyl would be like would the needle skip a little bit john no i have i have an okay. ophelia uh best of ophelia or whatever they, it's basically best of ophelia volume two listening to melodic dubstep on vinyl is fucking wild first of all um no it doesn't skip okay it, it sounds pretty good uh, yeah i do feel like the needle would be going ham that yeah. was that was like 10 percent sneak disc but i was just curious <laughs> no i knew I, I just chose to overlook it <laughs> I, I don't think we're gonna do another one of these before 2024. So like, I would say if we could all just go around real quick, choose an artist that you think's gonna pop. Like I was gonna say CLB. I saw his set at fucking uh, North Coast in that fire pit and Christ. local people. That I mean that was lit. And Max has been on a tear for a while, but like that shit was sick. Are we keeping this local? I think I want to keep it local. I mean you. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'll give one local and one just like external person, but I definitely think Nada has got a really, really primed like catalog right now. Just like there's things he's shown me where I'm like, please just put this out. Like I, the world needs this. I know. I'm due for it. He's yeah, so talented. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's probably my top pick. Outside that, um, I mean, I I saw some like we were kind of like talking about albums and stuff this year, but I feel like jasper tigner like from from the uk is gonna pop off mm. on just like more of like the wave of melodic garage to borrow your term john like melodic liquid garage liquid garage liquid garage liquid garage sounds sick. okay so i don't know if that's a term but one of the cabin tracks i made i call liquid garage <laughs> that's not, dude that sounds like because a good genre. because i made it next to a liquid dnb track and liquid dnb is obviously established so i don't know if that's a real thing i'm gonna make it a thing if Kiefer can make chicago garage a thing i'm making liquid garage a thing honestly yeah. i want to hear it i'll show it to you after the pod off pod baby off pod um, did you say your yeah, you said your picks. I said my um, two, yeah. Local, I think Flinino and Abel Gray are both very primed to pop. Um, oh yeah. Flynn makes some of the most fucking banger bass house, like rock and metal infused bass house that I've ever heard. He's been making good tech house. And then he put out that dubstep track on X Medius where I literally I was like, dude, I didn't like I knew he was multi genre and like very talented, but that shit's a fucking ripper. Like, oh my god. And then Abel Gray, he's just been steady climb, steady climb, you know. Abel Gray grinds. Bro. He grinds. He yeah, fucking he grinds. Fucking knows. Yeah. yeah. He's been leading X Media's good places. Like he's constantly like I, I like how a lot of his stuff has a very classical influence to it, which I know he loves Apache, so like that makes sense. Anyway, he's been progressing well. So those two locally. Um, you're gonna have to come back to me for <sighs> A next tier, Kiefer. Go ahead. I didn't think. give one. You don't even like. Yeah. Uh, I want this question. To, this okay. question's kind of crazy, but like, I truly think that like everybody. I don't know. There. I feel like honestly, there's just so many different scenes. Like, if we're just gonna talk locally, like, there's just so many scenes that I feel like here. Th there's just too many good, too much good fucking music that's just not gonna sit directly here in the city and not just gonna like stagnate 
I think a lot of like there's gonna be like uh you know breakout moments and especially when people like look back and be like yeah like this guy or this girl you know whoever is they're gonna there's they're, they're, more or less they're gonna like be able to like be like yo I saw them fucking doing empty room ass fucking events and now here they are and I don't think there's like any one particular person especially in this fucking room alone but like. God damn, there's so many good scenes here where, like, we're... I feel like Chicago is in a weird... Like, a good spot where it's, like, getting more well-connected with the rest of the world. And, like, not for me to, like, make, like, a single judgment of, like, what confines as a pop-off. But, like, I feel like every scene really has, like, a decent handful amount of people that, like, have been at it for a minute. And that when that moment happens where they go, who is this? They're gonna be like, that's so-and-so... They were here, and now they're there, and, you know, those those people that get that kind of recognition are the ones Kiefer's that are Kiefer's clapping gonna... now. <laughs> That's how you know he's going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, two Sapporos in. But like, um, <laughs> me four beers deep. Yeah, oh. I, I, that's why this question's kind of fucking me up, because I can't think of one single person that's going to put the city on the back and, you know, yeah. be a Kanye, because we all like, saw they how that do, goes. We're going to be there, and we're going to ride for them. That's and what that's, I'm saying. That's like Chicago, and that's yeah. the scene right now. That's the like, thing. I, I, I love this city yeah. to death, but fucking goddamn it, when people, like, pop off and get all this crazy, you know, frenzied media press and all this shit... Like, there's a good portion that will, like, not put their recognition to what they've done here. And, like, go Hollywood. Go fucking Miami, Dubai, whatever. Yeah, those projects never last. But they don't burn, last. Burn hot, burn fast. So, you know? I don't know. I just think right now there's just so much more authenticity happening. And, quite frankly, there's scenes that we haven't even discussed in this scene or this podcast um, that, like, they're going to have their moments. But with that moment... Not only are people going to be like, yeah, they fucking deserve that, but also they're going to like put us on the map uh, even more so than what's been done for decades. Mm. So, uh, yeah, shout out fucking everybody here. God damn it. <laughs> I thought of my, yeah, my like, I guess you would say mid-tier, not to call them mid by any, any measure, but uh, <laughs> 33 below. I literally did oh. not know about him until I listened to him the day of R.L. Grime because I just wanted to know all the openers, or maybe it was the day before. I played that man's whole fucking discography, not a single bad track. Mm. I was just like, holy fuck. Like, the dude's clearly a seasoned producer, musician. I wouldn't be shocked if this is his second or third alias and this is the one that's popping, but like, oh my God, it's so good. And I mean, the fact that R.L. Grime's putting him on a tour says it all. Um, so I think he's going to continue to pop. Also, Bunt. Bunt is cool. He, he really yep. surprised me at the Lose Your Child show. I want to circle back because I feel like I know we're trying to end this shit. It's no, going to no, be no. a Midwest goodbye. Yeah. We all know what it is. <laughs> oh we all know God. what it is. <laughs> but but like, my wish for the scene so and funny. what I want to see happen is like as much as it's possible for the music industry to be a meritocracy of people's music being good. I hope it stays that way. And like, yeah. we all kind of know we're not going to like spill tea right now, but like there's a lot of elements of this game that are not a meritocracy. Like there's a lot of privilege. There's a lot of those things, but in as much as we, everybody in this room, everybody listening can help it be that way of just evaluating things of like, is that a good song or not? Does it, you know, deserve a place on like a label or a catalog? Like, I just want it to be a meritocracy in that sense. And like, that's my mm. wish. And like, there's places yeah. in the scene that are like that, 
and there's places that are not but like hopefully we can have more of those places where we just evaluated on did someone make a good record that connects with me or not i think the new generation of um just electronic listeners and people going to shows that came from covid i think are inherently geared towards that because they picked it up during the pandemic where there were no shows and you didn't have flashy production expensive venues lasers to draw you into the music you literally just had the music you were alone in your bedroom so real i think the people real. who got into it and a lot of people will talk smack sometimes i'll see it on, on like the forums or on whatever, those yeah. not even just their age just like new to the scene and like you know there's a certain degree of etiquette at shows that um i think is appropriate and some of it might have lost its uh luster <laughs> well, that's like a whole rabbit hole because <laughs> that's I'm just yeah that's like <laughs> you gotta wear all black and just i'm not like, even talking that no no, no i know and I i'm know. not even and i'm not even trying to go full like plurb which like has some truth right, to it but right. like there's just some general like manners at a show that i would like to see come back but that aside and that's for the same reason like i'm saying people i think the new gen of people going to these shows were initially primed for just the good music I think there's also an aspect where they're primed by what's popular on social media, which, you know, this could be a whole like half hour discussion we could have on this alone. <laughs> yeah, I understand what I'm teeing up here and I don't think we need to go into it today. But to your point, I think we're in a point where the way to show support for an event, especially in Chicago, but everywhere else is bodies in the room with the economy where it is i think people are spending their money where they have a true passion to be there and i think the generation that is primed to be going to those shows is pre-primed to go where they are truly passionate about the music so i and think they're excited too exactly yeah so i think we're gonna see the meritocracy of good music means good placements at good shows i think that's going to increase that's also my hope yeah mace what did you didn't say anything in the start no what do you um, think? What do you think? I want to shout out Villa. I think he's making hey. some the kid. I think he's yes. making Facts. some incredible music. Uh, and then the uh, guys who just put out his recent record, uh, Defcon One. I got to see their takeover a little bit at Lunar Tide. That was some of the best tunes I've heard in a while. I mean, they were on it. 9 30, 10 o'clock, really early in the night, and they did a really good job. So I hell to yeah, shout out the label boys there. Oh yeah, yep. dude! Shout out the Lake Effect comp that they all just dropped. Every fucking track was just a trip in itself. Like Jesus, like that was such a cool. I love that Lake Effect is turning from just like homies at the lake in the middle of the summer to like let's put out a comp. Like I want to see that group yeah, grow. Yeah, that's sick. Good that's people, sick. great event, great music. I want to see that grow. All right, so uh, this is just I feel like a good ender is uh, Ryan Mara one of our fellow oh co-hosts he uh asked us how many powdered donuts do you guys think you could eat in three minutes how, ma- how many are in those bags that you like get the diddy donuts are we talking the yeah wait boys? it kind of depends if they're munchkins or if, if we're talking like... about the hostess bag you can get at the gas stations i can finish the whole thing in three minutes easy how many is that like six donuts little guys no like 20 to 30 really like the but they're bags. little. Yeah, they're like yeah, they're they're, they're like little. I'm not uh, yeah. the the sleeve you're talking about with the six. All right, that'll be our our determinant of how many you could eat. Those little <laughs> the donuts. sleeves. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm talking. I don't know how many are in those bags. I want to say probably twenty. Okay. I I could eat a bag of the little hostess. Could probably do minutes. like about like eight before I start feeling weird things in my tummy. Oh, yeah, I, I think I feel weird 10. after that. I think I could eat the bag. I and, wouldn't feel good. And maybe a couple more. Like, because <laughs> you're just like, 
we're already here. Give like, me a coffee and I can get a few more down. Powder it's donuts, in the morning you can get too. down more yeah. Yeah. than like you know the cake. You're a cop chocolate. also that day. <laughs> yeah. Fed alert. I'm actually a cop. <laughs> Pods by feds. <laughs> All right, so yeah, pretty good amount. Uh, munchkins, I could eat like thirty-five. Are munchkins That's like the donut holes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That might be the same size, actually. No, I think there's a. Uh, I think they're a little smaller. I could eat more munchkins than the white powdered donuts. Yeah, the powder also it has that effect of like the cinnamon challenge. That's why I need the to, coffee. Yeah, you yeah. need something to wash it down. Yeah. The yeah. Pharaoh's curse. <laughs> <laughs> Kill him with kindness. Wrong. Pharaoh's curse. <laughs> Bam, bam, and then you just start coughing up dust. Sandman from Spider-Man 3 all of a sudden. Oh, oh hell Exactly. No. exactly. All right, oh, Ryan. Geez. Well, I hope that helps you. Um, I don't know why you asked that. Thank you for the question, Ryan. I'm happy to inform you of my donut eating capacity. Yeah. I was hoping um, we'd talk about that tonight. Maze, how do That's we it? end this? I, yeah, I don't know. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, yo, thanks, yo, guys. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, that was This fun. is Kai signing off. This is Jerry. Just Jerry. Kiefer Ian signing off Chicago Garages Forever. This is Jay Willie. I love you. I'll see you next time. And Mace. Mace. <laughs> Mace with a yeah, million yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, Peace. <laughs>